Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. We are your host, Joe Musidla and Matthew Miller. Good to get in the saddle. Indeed it is. And uh, Joe and I have a bit of an interesting, uh, well, show planned for you today. It's a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but I think mostly uh, it will be a surprise to everybody and maybe it'll be refreshing. So, this is the spiel. Uh... I contacted Joe today. He's got the day off tomorrow. I do not. I work, but that's all right to me. And we were just trying to come up with uh, a show, so both of us looked in the news. I don't know what Joe looked for, but I looked for a Bible. I looked for rapture, and basically nothing was happening. Uh, you know, no good finds in the Bible or anything to kind of relate to do a show about. And Joe sent uh, back a text after some duration, probably, I don't know. Uh, several hours went by because I was working at the time. Uh, but he sent me back a text, Second uh, uh, Kings chapter 4. Well, that's kind of strange. Uh, so anyway, uh, and I didn't get my answer until just a few minutes ago. So we'll just get Joe right in the saddle, and he needs to explain this thing. He needs to explain his reasoning, the you know, the who, what, where, when, why. What What was his train of thought to get us here? So... So, Joe, why don't you give us uh, the story, um, live and late-breaking. I mean, you're basically going to relay most of the story uh, the first time to me, because I had no idea why you wanted to do Second Kings chapter 4. So, Joe, take it away. All right. Um, this was an article that um, – I, I, I apologize, I don't remember which – of the gals of the Ecclesia posted first, uh, so I do apologize for that. But uh, it was an article on, uh, let's see, uh, KTL 5. I'm just going to go ahead and read it, and then I will get to some of the reasoning of, uh, well, what I was thinking and what kind of hit me. So, uh, Arkansas woman drowns in a flood after 911 dispatcher scolds her 
during her final minutes. Um, this was, let's see, uh, what, August 31st, 2019. Um, well, I'll go ahead and read, and I think it gives all the dates here. Deborah Stevens was working her normal newspaper delivery route in Fort Smith, Arkansas, when, when rising floodwaters began to overtake her SUV. The final desperate 911 call the 47-year-old woman who delivered the Southwest Times uh, record to front doors came at 4.38 on the morning of August 24th. It was a panicked 22-minute plea for help with a dispatcher that the Fort Smith Police Department admitted sounded calloused and uncaring at times. I have an emergency, a severe emergency, Stephen told the female dispatcher. I can't get out, and I'm scared to death. Ma'am, can you please help me? Um, let's see. A terrified Stevens told the dispatcher over and over uh, that she was going to die in the rapidly rising water. She uh, wept and asked repeatedly when uh, help would arrive. She didn't know how to swim, she said. She had trouble describing her location. She didn't want to die, she said. You're not going to die, the dispatcher told uh, dispatcher said an audio released by the police this week. I don't know why you're freaking out. You freaking out is doing nothing but losing your oxygen in there, so calm down. Stephen said water was pouring into her car. It would soon ruin her new phone. Do you really care about a brand new phone? This dispatcher asked. You're over there crying for your life. Who cares about your phone? Stevens said she didn't see the water on the road. Uh, she came up on it suddenly. She kept apologizing. The water was starting to reach her chest, she said. She could see people in the distance looking at her. They're probably laughing, she said. Ma'am, I'm sorry, Stevens cried. Stevens at one point said she needed to vomit. Well, you're in the water. You can throw up, the dispatcher said. It's not going to matter. Crying uncontrollably, Stevens asked the dispatcher to pray with her. Go ahead and start off the prayer, the 911 operator said. Please help and get me out of this water, dear father, Stevens said. Again, she apologized for sounding rude, but she was afraid. This will teach you next time don't drive in the water, the dispatcher told her. Stevens insisted she didn't see the floodwaters. She worked her uh, paper out 21 years and never experienced anything like this. I don't know how you didn't see it. You had to go right over it. The water just didn't appear. Uh, about 15 minutes into the call, dispatcher took other calls. Police said many stranded residents were calling in that morning. Stevens continued to weep. The dispatcher tried to describe to the firefighters the stranded woman's location. I'm on the phone with her, she said. She's freaking out. About 18 minutes into the call, a dispatcher asked a firefighter whether he could see Stevens' SUV. Negative, he said. There was confusion about her location. Stevens cried uncontrollably. Miss Debbie, you're going to have to shut up, the dispatcher said. Can you honk your horn? My horn is dead, Stevens said. Everything is dead. The water was climbing above the door of the SUV, she said. Oh, Lord, help help me she cried the dispatcher said rescuers were looking for oh my god the car is starting to move stevens cried okay listen to me i know the dispatcher said i'm trying to get you help 
I know you're scared. Just hold on for me because I've got to take other calls. Stephen started screaming. She said she couldn't breathe. I'm on the phone with her right now, the dispatcher said. To a rescuer, she is legit freaking out. I'm going to die, Stephen said. Miss Debbie, you're breathing just fine. You're screaming at me, so calm down. I know you're scared. Hold on for me. Stevens is not hurt again. Miss Debbie, Miss Debbie, the dispatcher said, oh, my gosh, she sounds like she's underwater now. The call ended at 5 a.m. Eastern. Rescuers reached Stevens' uh, SUV some 58 minutes later. They tried unsuccessfully to revive her. Portsmouth Police said in a statement that it released the audio recording of the call with great reluctance after request from the media. The recording contains the audio of the dying person's last moments as well as the interaction between her and the 9-11 operator, uh, the statement said. And while the operator's response to this extremely tense and dynamic event sounds calloused, uncaring at times, Sincere efforts were being made to locate and save Mrs. Stevens. Stevens' first call during the emergency was to her mother-in-law, police said. She then dialed 911 from her phone. Fourth, Fort Smith Fire and Police Units were uh, inundated with, uh, inundated with uh, 911 calls from people stranded in floodwaters, the statement uh, said. Stevens' difficulty describing her location and flooding limited the ability of first responders to reach her, the statement said. I am heartbroken for this tragic loss of life, and my prayers are with Deborah's family and friends, Police Chief Danny Baker said in a statement. All of our first responders who attempted to save Miss Stevens are distraught over the outcome. Uh, for every one of us, saving lives is at the very core of who we are and why we do what we do. When we are unsuccessful, it hurts. The Stevens family did not respond to multiple requests by CNN for comment. Police spokesman uh, Eric Mitchell said the 911 operator had submitted for her two weeks notice on August 9th. She happened to be working her last shift the morning of the tragedy. The incident will certainly lead us to looking at policies with in our existing communications unit, but we have not completed uh, a review at this time to make specific terminations, Mitchell said. Um, horrible, horrible, uh, upsetting. But um, as I started reading this article, uh, time, let's see, it's a, the final desperate 911 call of 47-year-old woman who delivered the Southwest Times record to front doors came at 4.38. So that just really stood out to me was 4.38. And so I just started going through the Bible and looking at all the different, uh, well, 4.38s in the Bible. And I got to, well, I kind of went through all of them, but this one really just uh, stuck out to me was uh, 2 Kings 4.38. Um, I will read from the NASB. When Elijah returned to Gilgal, there was famine in the land, and the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. He said to his servant, put on a large pot and boil stew for the sons of the prophets. 
now it, it goes on here and and some really I I spent more time on this than I did on any of the other ones. This one just really took me uh for a little ride and uh especially uh 442. But um anyways, uh Matthew I'd like to get your thoughts. Well, my thoughts um well, Joe, um <clears throat> of course this dispatcher should be prosecuted. Um but that's beside the point. Um we have this reoccurring thing. Uh, we have people calling the police and uh this has even happened with pranks. Uh, my wife has showed me several articles like this that somebody will just not like somebody so they'll call the police on them. The police will get there and they'll answer their door and the police will just kill them. They'll just murder them. Um, of course, we've uh, seen YouTube videos. Um, somebody in the park recording. Uh, here comes a police officer. There's just a random person walking in the park, literally taking a walk in the park, literally a day in the park, literally. Um, this police officer comes up asking some questions. He turns around, and literally the cop puts five bullets in him before his body can hit the ground. Um, you have, uh, now, well, I, I think I've gone far enough. We're reaching the end of this game when people are, uh, cold-hearted. The Bible calls it, uh, you know, when the love of most will wax cold. We're right there. That's, that's where you're at, Joe. That's, uh, that's where you're at. Take... Take for uh, example, uh, Labor Day, right? Well, uh, tomorrow uh, I don't only have to work; we get delivery that day. That's that's the day we get freight. Um, here lately, uh, up here in North Dakota, the blue law just passed out of effect. Uh, of course, forever here before noon, no businesses could be open, and uh, that law expired. Well, the mindless people here—they're so dumb. They're they're so stupid that they didn't understand that that was for the laborers. Um, that law was passed so that the that the profiteers would not be able to prevent uh, their workers from going to church on Sunday. But when you look and read in the newspaper articles and stuff, that's never mentioned. And this is the troubling part about it: that the entire society is built off of profiteering. Um, the government is for profiteers. The laws are written for profiteering. There is no doubt to that. You're, you just quite simply don't know what you're talking about if you think something other than that. That is the facts of the matter. Um, this, of course, is most clearly seen uh, when literally uh, in 2008, literally, the whole of Wall Street should have been sentenced jail time for literally uh, – uh, uh, how do you put this? Losing the majority of Americans' retirement. And, and what's amazing to me is most Americans don't even realize it yet because they haven't went to real uh, – to retire and they haven't uh, gotten the results from their 401ks. They don't, they don't realize they're gone. Um, here as of late, for some reason, uh, this this summer – I've 
started receiving uh, information about this from, from random states, from different people, saying that, yeah, they, they went to retire, and uh, they don't have any. They actually lost it in 2008, and they was just not made aware of it. Uh, so this is proof beyond contestation. You're quite simply uh, living in a fantasy world if you don't realize that all laws – the United States of America is set up and for profiteers, no matter who they might be, whether it be uh, uh, private individuals, corporations, it doesn't matter. I mean, we have, as of late, um, uh, Planned Parenthood employees been caught on film talking about selling pieces of babies. This is real. This is where you're at, Joe. And if you think that uh, the person next to you cares one flying rip about you, you're grossly mistaken, ladies and gentlemen. It is quickly going to not be very hard to be able to tell the difference between you, the Christian, and the unreasoning animals that you're having to live with. Because these people have, have progressed into something else, ladies and gentlemen. I, I have had grown men tell me that if they have to choose between their Harleys and their wives, their wives can take a hike. And they were dead serious. I have had uh, grown men tell me that if they had to choose between their truck or their kids, their kids can go. So this shouldn't surprise you. I mean, literally, uh, an investigation should have been done over this one video with a Planned Parenthood employee. They should have been prosecuted with extreme prejudice. Nothing happened. Nothing's going to happen. Because we are lit. Oh my God. Help these people, Lord. They, they don't understand. Ladies and gentlemen, don't you realize that uh, the prophecy in the book of Revelation has come true? Um, don't, don't you realize that? That in the book of Revelation, when, when, it, when it talks about people uh, bartering and selling uh, with, with lives, don't you realize that this is part and parcel um, with baby parts, with human body parts, ladies and gentlemen? You, you don't have the wherewithal to realize <laughs> – I mean, really? You don't realize what's being stated? What's being inferred? I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is real. <laughs> I mean, Revelation chapter eighteen, verse thirteen. It, it says they are bartering with inhuman lives. Ladies and gentlemen, they, now listen. The Assyrian, written about in Bible prophecy, if the his citizens in Assyria was doing this. Oh my God, he would have killed the people that have done this thing most publicly, and you wouldn't have done it again in his land. We're talking about mothers paying butchers to take a vacuum and suck out the babies from their womb and then selling the parts. We are talking about after your loved one dies, we're talking about the mortician… If they can get that cadaver quick enough, taking those kidneys and selling them. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, there's going to come a time when the people around you is going to know whether you're a Christian or not. And if you're not a Christian listening to my voice, you're going to a place unheard of. So, that's my opening comments uh, about this article and about you. I mean, I understand that your mind was distraught, Joe. I understand you get to that place where, well, who does have the answer? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'll, I'll be quite truthful with you. The only one who has the answer to any question you have is the Lord your God. So, it was very methodical for, for Joe to start reaching and grasping for straws. He saw that number in there, 438, when this happened, knowing full well that God is not a designer. He is the design. So, if you're going to look for hope anywhere, <laughs> your last stop is the Bible, God's holy word. It is nowhere else, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. The buck stops right there. So, with that in mind, Second uh, Kings 4, 3, uh, 38 is, is the strangest of places to go. Uh, for for this particular one, because well, this is all about mothers. I have to realize that this chapter comes in three stanzas. The first stanza is about uh, the widow. The second stanza is about a different widow, you know, to be uh, the Shunammite woman. But the first woman, uh, that's not her. So, what comes at the last is a phrase of uh, that will happens in the very uh, first verse. Here, let me read it to you. The very first verse in this chapter is this. Now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets. Now isn't that a very strange thing to uh, begin a chapter with? Now, in between that we have the Shunammite woman and her son. So uh, this chapter is all about sons, but then you get down to 38 to the third uh, part of this chapter, and like I said, it's, it's kind of off the hook. But listen, when Elisha returned to Gagal, there was a famine in the land as the sons of the prophets. Now, isn't that interesting? Why are we supposed to see all about the sons of the prophets? Tell me, riddle me, Joe. Have you ever heard that phrase before? Sons of the prophets. Yeah. Where have you heard that before? Pray tell. Gotcha, that would remind me... <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, how many different verses is there? I mean, Exodus comes to mind. Um, what else? Definitely Revelation. Jeez. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, food for thought, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, what did you think about about this the stanza that it's in? And let me read the verse again. Second Kings. Chapter 4, verse 38. When Elisha returned to Gagal, there was a famine in the land as the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. And he said to his servant, Put on the large, large pot and boil a stew 
for the sons of the prophets. First off, three different people or three different groups. You have Elisha, Elisha's servant, and the sons of the prophets. You could say you have two witnesses here and a group, correct? You have, mm-hmm. you might say you have Moses, Aaron, and the children of Israel, right? You have, right. you have this guy and that guy, and then the whole people, right? Right. And this is so very strange, Joe. Why does this chapter start out with well? You don't get her name. All you know is that she was a woman uh, of the wives of the sons of the prophet. <laughs> and who knows who the prophets are? We're not actually told who that is. But there are these prophets that obviously had wives, and the wives had children. And this is obviously magnificently important to this story. Correct? Correct. And in the middle of it is the Shudamite woman and her son. Mm-hmm. So this just makes just about as much sense as confusing can make sense <laughs> to the normal reader. I mean, you, you, you've got to admit that, right, Joe? Absolutely. So did you read that whole stanza there starting at verse 38 and read to the end of the chapter? What what were your thoughts? Um, My thoughts were… Well, I, I came to – let's see. Let me go over to – see if I can find it here. Um, let's see. She, oh, here, let me see. I will find it. Inheritance. Okay. Um, this also reminded me, I see, uh, of Exodus 15. Um 25, I think. Uh, Then he cried out the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, and he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. There he made for them a statue and regulation, and there he tested them. Um, It also then brought me over to uh, Exodus. Oh, let's see. Okay, Exodus twelve eight. They shall eat the flesh that same night roasted with fire, and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Yeah. And that was where my mind went on four forty two. Well, it kind of goes into I guess going down, but in four forty two. This reminded me of the children. Was the name uh, Baal? Let's see. Let me see if I can say it here. Oh, get back over here. There it is. Baal Shal Lisha. Yeah, that's that's pretty close. Yeah. Let's see. This was uh, H. Eleven ninety in the Strongs, um, and they give a meaning of thrice great Lord. Yep, thrice God. So this reminded me of the third and final slaughter of the innocents. Really? <laughs> because you 
you saw that in the name. What a very strange name, isn't it? Thrice God. Mm-hmm. Now, boy, you've heard a whole lot of diatribe about the Trinity, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people are arguing with that. Oh, Trinity's not in the Bible. There is no, you know, Trinity. And then here you have it in a name, and you pulled it out of the name. I find that quite interesting. Mm-hmm. But there it uh, is. And, uh, wow. Um, I find that pretty interesting uh, that you uh, caught hold of that. So, Joe, what do you make of this whole chapter? How, how do you put this into context? I, I mean, it, what do you make of this? You know, one, you know, in, I guess in context of of that article that I read, this was in in the first two. Oh, let me go back here. I have no, that's the wrong one. Um, in the first two chapters there, or the first two stanzas, I'm sorry. Um, you get this. Well, they're not dead, especially the the Shunammite woman. Um, you know, she she well, she asks him. Uh, let's see. Uh, now there came a day when Elijah passed over to uh, Shunam, uh, and he, he finds a, you know the prominent woman. Uh, she, you know, I'm just kind of kind of paraphrase till I get to the part, but he, you know, she she asked for a son. That's right. She did. And, she and, asked for and, a son. She asked for a son, and she said, "Dude, you know." And then she she hits him with, "Don't lie to me." Like don't I can't like I can't take it I I my 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 husband is old and in contrast to the article I just read this is complete opposite this is complete opposite that that woman could care less about life itself yeah, she, when yeah she when this all. woman was was longing for life so that that was part that was kind of what caught me with this. Was it was a complete opposite, but uh, you know the oil uh, reminds me definitely of the well of the foolish and the wise. Definitely, definitely. Even though not the same woman, would you say, or would you say it was the same woman? No. So, you know. Let's take a look at this. This is just, you have to admit, there's just something not right here. When the child was grown, the day came that he went out to his father, to the reapers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you're saying that this child was not taught how to sow first. Did I get your attention? I'm sorry. Did I do that? Let's read that one more time. When the child was grown... The day came that he went out to his father, to the reapers. So I guess he wasn't allowed to start working with his dad until the harvest. I mean, why on earth wouldn't the, the father teach him how to sow first? Mm. Why'd the room just go silent? <laughs> he said to his father, okay, so let me get this right. He just went out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. When the child was grown, the day came that he went out to his father. So he goes out, and his father's with the reapers, right? It makes it sound like, now, what's the first thing he do? He does. 
when the child was grown, the day came that he went out to his father to the reapers. He said to his father, so he goes out to his father, which is which the reapers. He goes right up to his dad. He says, my head, my head. And he said to his servant, carry him to his mother. So this is a round trip, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, he's saying here that as soon as he got there, he didn't learn how to harvest or nothing. He went straight up to his dad and said, my head hurts. My head hurts. Don't you find that a little strange? Yes. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, uh, he sat on her lap until noon. Now, you know they had started harvesting first thing in the morning. So he sat on her lap to noon and died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. Now, isn't this amazing? We're not told Elisha, but we're supposed to understand that it's Elisha, correct? Correct. And shut the door behind him and went out. Did you catch that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you did. She went up, shut the door behind him, and went out. It should say, she shut the door behind her. Did You don't see that? No, I see it. I see it. And I did see it. No, it caught me off guard the first time I... I but I, I guess I kind of reckoned in my mind that maybe she was talking about the boy. Okay, so she left the boy behind the door and shut the door. No, I know. And then that just hit me, too. Um. <laughs> so anyway, um, then she called her husband and said, please. Send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys, that I may run to the man of God and return. He said, well, why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor new Sabbath. And she said, it may be well. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Do not slow down. The pace for me, unless I tell you. So she went. And came to the man of God to Mount Carmel. So, what do you make of all this, Joe? I mean, we're talking about the Biblio DCSC here. This has got to have a purpose, buddy. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, this is scripture we're talking about, right? Absolutely. So, it's got to have some... I mean, so far, it's awful strange, don't you think? Yes. So, let's talk about verse 24. So she got on the donkey, right? Mm-hmm. And then the servant drove the donkey? So the donkey was sitting on – he was sitting on the donkey too? No, I caught that as well. So how was the servant driving the donkey if he wasn't sitting on it? So he ran the whole way behind her, smacking the donkey, I guess? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry, Joe. I'm just pointing out the obvious to you, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'm just, I'm just catching things here that mm-hmm. something ain't right here. Now, here we get. I mean, the next verse we get something magical here. I mean, this is just way too cool. Okay, this is way too cool. So she went and came to the man of God to Mount Carmel, and the man of God saw her at a distance. He said to, Ah, now the servant has a name. Now, isn't that interesting? Now, this word here means valley of vision. Mm-hmm. So, are you so sure that... Now, now look. When the man of God saw her at a distance, 
Are you sure he didn't say? <laughs> anyway, the meaning of this, this servant's name is Valley of Vision. Are you so sure that he just wasn't having a vision, seeing her coming to him? Anyway, let me keep reading. Behold, there is the Shunammite. Please run now to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And then she just lied. Right? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> she lied. Yes, yes. She said, it is well. Mm-hmm. I mean, she lied, right? Or she could see the end from the beginning when she came to the man of God to the hill, making sure that you see that, to the hill. This hill must be what? Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. She caught hold of his feet, and here we go again, the servant's name. Came near to push her away. <coughs> that must not have been a very good thing to do. But anyway, the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is troubled. Now, doesn't this – you're saying this doesn't remind you of let the little children come unto me and do not – Mm-hmm. And do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Now, surely you've got to put that with this verse right I, here. Yes. Surely. <laughs> so – Anyway, um, so he sees that her soul is troubled, um, and what really troubles him is the simple fact he says, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Then she said, did I ask for a son from my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Lord have mercy, somebody's getting ready to get followed, that's all I got to say. Because right now, you you was ignorantly thinking in your mind that well, Elisha was safe and sound. Oh, no, he wasn't. And his servant knew he wasn't. Because his servant probably already knew. As soon as Elijah said, the Lord has hid it from me, his servant knew. God's getting ready to drop his boy like a hammer. Hmm. Right about now, Elisha was nervous. He didn't know what was happening, and he didn't know why, but he knew he's about ready to get the short end of this stick. Because this woman had not asked for a child, Joe. She was completely innocent. She didn't deserve any of this. And she was going to bring the people involved to a reckoning with the Lord their God, and somebody was going to give her an answer. So... Right, right about here it gets real interesting, don't it? Yeah. Really does. But, uh, you know, we could offer major commentary about this, but this is obviously really throttling everybody involved, right, Joe? Mm-hmm. So what's your thoughts so far? Uh, my thoughts are I was staring at that is Jihazi or Gehazi. Gehazi, yes. Gehazi, I was, okay. I was, I, I kept staring at that, and and trying to come to a reckoning of why that uh, why that name was there and why it, I, I looked up the meaning of it, and I kept going back over it. But well, say what did you find out? What what does it say it means? Oh, the uh, valley of. Uh, 
Vision? Yes, the Valley of Vision. Yes. That's what it means, Valley of Vision. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? That makes way more sense now. I, well, I kept staring at that going, it's got, it, where does that play in? I was having, but I, it, but then I kept going back over it going, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. But if it was a vision, that makes way more sense. Well, it sure does. Yes, it sure does. And then you begin to sit down and really look at the Hebrew and really ponder what it could really be saying. And you realize, well, he didn't speak, but I know who would have been speaking in the vision. Let's mm. go back to that other name. What did you say that other name meant? Oh, uh, th- thrice, the thrice, my lord, or yes. thrice, lord. Yes. Yeah, that'd have been the Holy Spirit talking, right? Mm-hmm. If there was somebody speaking inside that vision, it would have been, yeah, third time's a charm, right? Yes. Making any sense to you now? Absolutely. You'd be surprised. You know, most people be sitting their back scratching their heads by now. They're like, "What? That can't be right." Really? <laughs> One thing's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elisha was real nervous right about now, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was real nervous. <laughs> he knew he did. He knew he had the short end of the stick because the Lord hadn't told him what was going on. But he sees the Shunammite woman coming, you know, in the distance, and all of a sudden he turns on his, you know, bionic eye from Steve Austin, the Million Dollar Man. <laughs> I appreciate your laugh. And he realized, I'm about ready to get short into this stick. Mm-hmm. And the servant knew it too, by the way. So it's 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 just interesting this all in context that what you can truly see when you look at the scripture that that you picked out for this poor woman. Mm-hmm. Joe, what a horrible thing that the woman wouldn't pray for. The dispatcher just said, "Well, you start the prayer." Hey, dispatcher, when and if you listen by the Lord your God. Oh, you're going to listen to him when he comes. It's amazing to me that this poor woman asked this dispatcher to pray, and she wouldn't even pray. Mm-hmm. It's, it's... And, you know, she didn't realize she got an answer to prayer, Joe. I mean, she's in paradise, Joe. Yes, sir. So she got the answer to her prayer. Duh. Yeah. Okay, I mean, right now she can, you know, go hang out with the Shunammite woman. You realize that, right? Mm-hmm. So, that all is pretty important. Um, but in this context, what a very strange episode we're doing tonight. Amen. You know, you look, said that you looked over the other verses that contain uh, the verses, well... 834, correct? Or 438, I mean. Correct. 438. Mm-hmm. So how many did you find? Uh, I believe it was seven. That's right. You want to take a read of those, or can you get back to them fast and find them or not? Not really. I kind of 
was setting up for tonight. I was spent uh, yesterday just going through those. And then that was when I came across this one. And it's this one that really got you. Yeah. So let me read it uh, for you again. Uh, Verse 438 in 2 Kings, ladies and gentlemen. Um, You might want to take a look at this. 2 Kings 4 and verse 38. I think uh, while we're reading out of the New American Standard Bible. When Elisha returned to Gigal, there was famine in the land as the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. He said to his servant, put on the large pot and boil stew for the sons of the prophets. Let's try the KJV this time. I think I remember what it says. Ah, yes. And Elisha came again to Gigal, and there was a Darth in the land. And the sons of the prophets were sitting before him, and he said unto his servants, Set on a great pot, and seethe pottage for the sons of the prophets. So here we get uh, death in the pot, so to speak. Uh, Joe, how do you think that pertained to this instance of this uh, poor woman being scolded? In her final moments, your thoughts. Death in the pot. You know, that's a good question. Um, you know, I for one see the clear ramifications to there being death in the land. That's for sure. Um. I mean, not only with this story, but, I mean, we just crossed the threshold. The number one cause of death last year was abortion. I mean, if you can wrap your mind around that. Mm-hmm. So no, most, I... most most of the people weren't even born, Joe. I mean, can you fathom that? Mm-hmm. Most of the people that died last year died before they were born. That's uh what on earth is 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 what that is. What on earth? And you know, can can we talk about this a minute? Uh when's the last time you met a prophet, Joe? Never have. Really? Oh my goodness, they run around all over YouTube. <laughs> but you know that that's why you know there's not any prophets because um When's the last time you've seen anybody healed that was uh, could be proven, could be calculated? There's Have not, it. is there? No. No cripple has ever been told to, you know, get up out of his wheelchair and fold it up, right? Right. Not a none. Not a none. So we really are truly to be in despair in comparison to this this chapter that wants to magnify the sons of the prophets. I mean, we don't have prophets, let alone their children. And you must admit, this must have been a pretty high estate, correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, they were obviously very well looked after and thought of. Because it never says they were prophets, did it, Joe? It just said they were the sons of the prophets. Amen. 
So what do you have to take away from all this, Joe? You know, um, this is a place that, well, he keeps bringing me to. Whether I like it or not, it doesn't matter. And it brings about in me, you know, I I didn't want to... There's times I don't want to speak on this. I absolutely don't. You know, we, we talked about the abortion, and this brings about great emotions in me. And, uh, you know, we talked, you know, this, this article that uh, the woman in her final moments now, even though she has entered into her rest, she could have been comforted before that. Even if it was inevitable that the Lord wanted to take her home, she could have been comforted before that. But that woman chose not to. She chose about herself. She wasn't even instructed to get out of the vehicle and get on top of the car. No. Was she? Was she? No, that was she a wasn't. death trap, Joe. She was in a death trap, Joe. No, because I know. Because under current, you can't get the seatbelt off, Joe. You're supposed to get out and on top of the car, Joe. Uh, the dispatcher really coaxed her to her doom, Joe. I know. Now, this is... You know, we could par- just... I mean, do you have any idea what I could share with you with Second Kings chapter 4, ladies and gentlemen? You just have no idea. Point being, after tonight's broadcast... You realize you haven't looked at it at all. You really haven't looked at it. You've maybe did a couple of different Sunday school lessons on it. You may have did a couple of devotions about it, but you ain't never read it. And whatever you did read, (laughs) you just read it like it was a little golden book, didn't you? Well, there's a whole lot more there than you can possibly fathom. What a very strange episode. I don't even know what to list this under, Joe. What about you? <laughs> I got nothing on that. I, I don't even know. I don't even know. What message would you give? What message would I give if yeah. there's still... What, what there's message? Still... <sighs> it's coming. I, I mean, I, I don't know how else... I don't know how to say it. It's coming. He's coming. And I wouldn't. Well, I, I a dispatcher needs to repent. Needs to repent. At the very least. But I'm just saying, I, I, I would. You mean from a jail cell? From a jail cell. Most certainly, I do agree. From a jail cell. But. I mean, you realize this was supposed to be a public servant, right? Absolutely. Okay, just so we're clear with each other. No, I I actually have helped set up uh, two of those, not in that state, but in this state, two called different call stations. So I know all the work that just goes into setting those up so that when someone does call in. You know what? The most important thing that you needed to know, you didn't know. You had no idea that you should put as one of the qualifications to be a dispatcher was you must love somebody other than yourself. Amen. You didn't know that, did you? 
No, I knew that. I mean, you could but set I... up a call station on every corner and every street, right? But it's not going to do you any good if the person that sets that in. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All the work that went into just setting that up, and it was worthless in yeah. that moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you realize she was a resounding gong, wasn't she? Yes. She had no love whatsoever. She was, I mean, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, what? I mean, what do you, I mean, you know, a lot of this doesn't come out. I mean, how do you come to grips with the simple fact that they busted, they busted employees of Planned Parenthood selling body parts from babies? And they didn't, they didn't do anything, Joe. This is, this is how they roll. You, yeah, I know. I mean, don't you realize that this being the case, the employees we're talking about, they make most of their money illegally dealing in human lives. Mm-hmm. You realize they make more money off those body parts than they do working at Planned Parenthood, right? Right. Well, don't you worry, Joe. At the Bema seat, we'll settle up, okay? Sir. We'll make all them books even, Stephen. We'll settle up. Everybody will get paid. There's a lot of people. The Lord God is going to grab them by the back, you know, the nape of the neck, and shove it down their throat. They'll get what they got coming. They'll get paid. Make no mistakes about it. And that'll come out of their nostrils. Mm-hmm. So... This is our hope that we will not have to live under the wicked. We will not have to live under the unrighteous. You know, let me tell you all something. All of you that are Christians, um, the reason why there's a thousand-year reign of Christ is um, so that you can live in peace not having to live around the people that's trying to tell you there's no such thing as a millennial reign of Christ. You won't have to tolerate them anymore. So, Joe, uh, we better wrap up this show. I think I prayed last time, so you probably should pray us out this time. So, we should get uh, prayed out of here, though. And, ladies and gentlemen, you better wake up. Because I assure you, there's a whole lot of people that's in your life, that they aren't what you think they are. They're monsters. Because let me tell you what a cold, calculating human is that has no conscience, whose love has grown cold. That's a monster. Lions and tigers and bears have got nothing on a human whose heart has waxed cold. A person who has convinced themselves that they can lie and go to heaven, they can steal and go to heaven, they can cheat you and go to heaven, they can murder their own babies in their own wombs and go to heaven. Joe, pray us out of here, please. Heavenly Father, we bow our heads and we bow our hearts before your throne, Father. Father, we thank you. Father, first we thank you for... Spending time with us, Father, we, we I, 
thank you for your word, Father. And Father, even though it stirs up great emotion in me and in my brothers and sisters, Father, we do pray for mercy, Father. We do pray for mercy on those that, uh, well, I'll just say this. I pray for your will to be done, Father. Father, I look forward to your kingdom, Father. Father, I look forward to your righteousness, Father. Father, I look forward to your Son ruling and reigning. My King, Father, I long for these things as I see what's happening on this planet that has forsaken you, that has forsaken your name, that has turned away from you, Father. And even then, I still ask for mercy and I still plead for them, Father, that you have desire for all your children to come to you. But I understand that time is running out. And Father, I just, I ask that you be with the family of that woman, Father. Even though she has entered into her rest, I ask that you be with her family and her friends and that you comfort them, Father. I also ask that you comfort those in the wake of the hurricane, Father. I also ask that you be with Israel as they are undergoing troubles, probably even this evening. And Father, I I ask that you be with my brothers and sisters especially, Father, that you keep them strengthened. Father, that you keep their paths and their eyes solely fixed on you, Father. In your Son, precious name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, God bless. Godspeed.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.